Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to WrestleWolf. This is Reconsidering WCW Nitro. I am Dr. Damien Gibson and joining me as always to break down our weekly Nitro episodes is the man who only deals in kayfabe. It's Matthew Kayfabe. Oh, hello. How are you? I'm good. You're right. <laughs> yeah, I am. Okay? I, th- I was I was like, I was going to drop, I was going to drop a little bit of, um. We're we're having the hottest day we've had in 12 months in Melbourne. Um. So I was going to drop a little bit of, uh, a little bit of humor and then I decided that you know, I'm going to save that for myself. None of you guys deserve to see to get the best of me. <laughs> it's too hot. I've even shaved my beard off. It's so hot. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, we have. We've both shaved our beards off. Um, yeah. All right, let's get into it because we're both in rooms that are stupid hot, and uh, this is going to be a, <laughs> this is going to be a short episode. I get the feeling, gang. So strap oh, in. I got some uh, stuff to say. I'm, I'm not. I'm not promising. Sure. There's a lot. That's the problem. There's a lot. There's a lot to pick at. There's a lot mm. on the carcass of this episode, so um, <laughs> let's get into it. This aired on the 26th of February, 1996, coming from... Uh, I've left the town from last week on there. The Knoxville, 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 Col- Knoxville Tennessee. Save. Knoxville, Tennessee. That's exactly where it was coming from. Yeah. And we cut immediately to the comms dress to see what everyone has come as. Pepe is dressed as a white sock baseballer it's pretty simple yep. pepe is now at the point where he's the most sensibly dressed each week <laughs> it's ridiculous uh mongo has come from bono uh but from the fly film clip it's a very specific oh, that's bono. very good that's very good i thought I, w- I thought i had a little bit of a trump card in my back pocket on mongo this week and i was gonna whatever you said i was gonna throw out that he looks like the bad guy in greece but you are like disgustingly <laughs> spot on. He looks exactly like Bono it, in the Fly film yeah, clip. Yeah, but like Mongo dressed as Bono yeah. from the Fly film clip going to a dress up party. <laughs> Who are you? I'm Bono. All right. Yeah, have you seen the Fly film clip? No, I'm not. I'm not a big U2 fan. He just keeps having the same conversation over and over <laughs> again at the party. Uh, Eric has come as Robin Williams from Dead Poets Society. <laughs> and Bobby's dressed as Rodney Dangerfield from Caddyshack. So we're all we've all we're all ready to go. Um Captain my captain. <laughs> yeah. I think Eric sees himself as a bit of a Robin Williams from 
from Dead Poets Society. Paul Heyman is the Robin Williams from Dead Poets Society of <laughs> yeah. professional wrestling. Like he if you've really seen is. if you've seen Beyond the Mat, and let's be honest, the brother friends have seen uh, Beyond the Mat. Mm-hmm. Um, the the big speech he gives about you know they didn't want us, and now we're here, and we're going to show them. Like that is such a that is that is stand on your desks and say, Captain, my captain. That's mm, sucking the marrow from life. Um, uh, or whatever. <laughs> Let's just go with marrow. Let's keep it clean. Yeah. Well, that, that, isn't that from Dead Poets Society? I, I love that film, but I haven't watched it since high school. Because it seemed to be our wet weather program. Like, whenever yeah. there was like, hey, your teacher's sick for PE, so... All right, everyone into the AV room. Remember the AV room? <laughs> well, we used to have a TV that would be trundled in. Oh, we were a, a little more upmarket than that. Had a an audio visual room that we would all be bundled into. Okay, I can't believe that. The um the the problem with Dead Poets Society <laughs> at the time because it was the same for us. We watched Dead Poets Society in high school. I reckon I saw it five times in high school. Like not not uh, not exaggerating. <laughs> you watch it and you're like, eh, I sure wish my uh. Sure, wish my uh, teachers were this inspiring. It's a terrible this thing much. for a teacher to show in <laughs> class. But I feel like if you if you watched it now, you'd be like, these kids like become like advertising executives and heroin addicts, and like one of them gets married really early and like just never gets out of debt. Like life is just like once you've had once you've lived, you can't watch a movie like Dead Poets Society. Because you're like, it's not really that good. I I feel like I would have the opposite thing now of like, (laughs) well, yeah, those guys were sad for a couple of weeks, but they all ended up working in the White House. So, (laughs) well, I mean, yeah, yeah, for Trump. (laughs) (laughs) Hang on, wasn't this set in the 50s? They worked for Nixon. That's not as bad. (laughs) (laughs) It's not as bad. You watch it and you're like, oh, that guy's like dressed as a cowboy storming uh, Congress. <laughs> That's, you it's know. Not, hey, man, Nixon's presidency is not the word. It's not the yardstick anymore. Yeah, oh, it's not even close. <laughs> no. Um, you know, it's almost respectable to say that you work in Nixon's <laughs> White House. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, okay, well, you know. Well, if you like, if, if the brother friends want to like go and read a really good book, there's a book called Nixonland by Rick Perlstein, and it's fantastic. It's an absolute ripper. Like it is, it's massive, but it's fantastic. It includes things myself. about like you should like Richard Nixon paying uh, his Republican uh, nominee opponent uh, limousine driver to spy on him. So the limousine driver would just like call Nixon every night with everything that the Republican his his Holy opponent shit. wanted to do and stuff. Like Nixon was Nixon was an animal. He's not Lyndon Johnson, but God, he's close. That's so um, House of Cards. Mm. Yeah, great. with without the the you know the fact that you can't watch that anymore. Oh, no, and I loved that show so much, Matt. It was like my favorite TV show. Anyway. Um, <laughs> besides that, my other favourite TV show is WCW Nitro, and this what? episode, yeah, no, it was for a period of time. <laughs> <laughs> the first match we've got is Sting versus Big Bubba. Sting's been hooking up with Steve Bisham, the WCW, uh, WCW race car driver, according to uh, Eric in a um, 
is hooking up an Australian term? Or that's a worldwide term, right? Hooking up? Yeah, I think, like, don't be so conservative. Sting was involved in a casual sexual relationship with <laughs> with, with the guy who drove the WCW car. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, the one thing that stood out to me watching this match, and, and I'll be interested to see what you think of this, is that Big Bubba was really, or Big Boss Man in WWF, um, was wasted in WCW. He's a great, like, uh, heel talent, and it shows in this match where I was invested in the match. I really actually quite enjoyed it. This was probably my favourite match of the show. Yeah, and it's all down to- I mean, Sting's fine, but Sting's always going to be in the one gear, right? Yeah. And it really depends on who he's working with, and it it really shone through to me in this match that Big Bubba slash Big Boss Man Mm. (laughs) is is fantastic. Um, Yeah. What did you think of this one? I really enjoyed it. I thought like he's just a, he's like a very mobile. Like but by the time he's back in WWF, he's a little bit past. He's his bump card, as Taz would say, has been has been maxed out. Mm. Um, he's still a great character, but it, physically he's just not. You know, like he's sort of quite agile, quite like physically, like it's close to strong style. It was just really yeah. enjoyable. I thought it was a really good match. Like, you, you knew that Sting, Sting was obviously going to win, but, like, it was fine. It was really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, did you notice uh, the grandma that had a swing at Big Bubba in the front row <laughs> during this match? <laughs> oh, no, that's that's um, from many, many episodes ago. Kevin Sullivan actually dresses up like a grandmother in every uh, episode of Nitro, but they just <laughs> no, never reference it. This wasn't Kevin Sullivan. <laughs> this was a real nana who was loving being at the wrestling because she pops up a couple of- I look. Oh, fantastic. I've got you. I've, like, there's a few other uh, segments of Nana Watch throughout this episode. <laughs> um but she was really getting into it. She loves Sting. It's very obvious that she loves Sting and she hated Big Bubba. Um, and she, like, there was a back and forth where Big Bubba's like, sit down, you old bag kind of thing. And she literally takes a swing at him. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, and then 30 seconds later go by and she's still there. Like, she's she's so, like, in the middle of the front row that she's actually taking- I'm surprised you didn't notice her. She's, like, right at the bottom of your TV screen. This makes me want like, to rewatch. She's this waving show. her arms around and stuff, and then about a minute later, a cop finally arrives and like directs her to sit back down in her seat, and she just tells him to fuck off. She's like, "No," and then the cop goes away. That's amazing. It's such a different time. The uh, <laughs> I mean, she's about eighty years old, but it was amazing. Like, as I was watching this episode, I had the continuous thought that I was like. What Eric Bischoff actually did with the NWO was make it okay for adults to like wrestling because I was mm. looking at the audience and I was looking at these adult men that weren't there with children and I was like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, this is- you are not- you're not a clever man. It's just fun, though. It's a fun thing. I mean, why Why do we- why are we watching it? Because it's for adults, man. <laughs> We make we make sick money off the brother friends by selling yeah, their do. data to, to Amazon. Yeah. Surprise. And Q. And Q. <laughs> Were you about yeah. to say Q? Yeah. I was, I was like, I don't want to mention Q on our internet podcast. <laughs> yeah, we should probably stop. That's three weeks in a row where we've made jokes about <laughs> Q. We should probably stop. <laughs> there's also a guy in the- Speaking of like weird older men watching wrestling, there's an even weirder older man who's got a- uh, you know when, like, The Simpsons finally- You know when there's a big deal about the 3D episode? Yes. 
It's like Simpsons in 3D. I, re- I remember it exceptionally well. Yeah, there's a guy, like, because I think it was the first episode back after a summer break. So it was like three months of like, oh, man, I can't wait to see Homer in 3D. Mm. Finally. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what this show needs. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a guy wearing a Bart Simpson, a 3D Bart Simpson head in the oh audience on the other side of the ring just, the whole I'm- show as well. <laughs> Eat his shorts, man. And he was like, he was acting. So like when when Big Bubba oh like God. got up on on top, he was like putting his hand up to his big giant yellow forehead and like shaking his head and stuff. Brilliant stuff. There's, if you're that person, get in contact with me and Matt <laughs> somehow so we can. We want you to come to our live show, <laughs> and which like- will have happening in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Once COVID uh, settles down, I think I think given our listenership, the live show will be happening uh, in Kentucky, but that's okay. Mm. Or Canada, which seems to be our number one market. Canada seems like a pretty safe option. Yeah, I'm down with Canada. I like. I love America. I got married in America. It's like my favorite place in the world. But like you know, I feel like you, if you go there too many times, you're just asking to eventually get shot. <laughs> Just statistically. Well, statistically, yeah, maybe. (laughs) Next up, we've got one of the more bizarre promos uh, that we've seen on Nitro so far, and that's saying something. Hmm. Mean Gene uh, interviews, is about to interview Lex Luger and Sting. Then the Road Warriors appear, uh, and then they essentially have an argument for five minutes about who's from Chicago. And it turns out they ate. They all are. You you are. No, I am. No, we all are. And then, uh, without really saying it, a Chicago street match, street fight match is uh, organised. Yep. And Sting finally cracks the shits with Lex Luger. Sort of. He does. He, like, walks off at the end. But he sticks around way too long. I just- I hate it when wrestlers, like, walk off on each other. Because I'm like, your job is to punch people in the face. Because you're angry at them. Like, don't walk off. <laughs> Punch him in the face. <laughs> That's Express coming. your anger in an immature manner. Um, I did like that Lex didn't know what a Chicago street match was right at the end. Yes. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'll have a st- Chicago street match. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, don't, blah, 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 blah. And then Road Warriors walk off and he's like to Mean Gene, what's a Chicago street fight? <laughs> they actually didn't mind that. <laughs> that was pretty good. I thought Lex was actually in some pretty good form in this episode. I wasn't hating on him as much as usual. Oh, I'm about to hate on him. Why? We've got one of the greatest wrestling matches of all time coming up next in Lex Luger versus Renegade. Uh, <laughs> what this, did you this, think of this? <laughs> this match went for five minutes and 47 seconds. Did it really? The Ultimate Warrior ripoff Renegade and Lex Luger. Neither of them are capable of having a sort of two-minute match, mm. let alone five minutes and 47 with a schmoz finish. This is disgraceful. This is one of the worst things ever aired on television. <laughs> I don't know about that. I was watching Renegade because, like, of his um, reputation of being, like, one of the worst wrestlers of all time. I didn't- I think I've seen worse than Renegade from this match. Yes, but that doesn't mean- uh, like just because there is worse doesn't mean you have to watch garbage. This is this is like the Renegade. I, 
he's got a good look. He's sort of fine in the ring, but not particularly capable. Like, but he comes down, and Lex Luger looks great as well. Not particularly mm. capable in the ring. As <laughs> soon as the bell rings, it is the opening of Al Capone's vault. Like, it is just there is nothing there. <laughs> like, and then we get that. It would be like if if 45 minutes of that special was going through the vault of nothing. <laughs> That's a fucking great reference. Well, speaking of nothing, when Renegade ran out to the match, no theme music, ran out 40 <laughs> seconds too early. I mean, surely there's someone at the gorilla position. That's not... Just because it's named after Gorilla Monsoon doesn't mean that it's a <laughs> copyrighted WWF <laughs> idea. They don't care so much at this point. It was amazing. He just ran out like he was some sort of fan who had got through the, you know, <laughs> got, got onto the ramp. I think the one thing we can say about the Renegade is he's definitely not a fan of professional wrestling. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, look, Lex, uh, Jimmy uh, Hart comes down, pushes Renegade off the top ring, uh, a top rope, I'm sorry, uh, which allows Lex to put Renegade in the rack, gets the win, and Eric thinks that Jimmy is a geek. Yeah, he keeps saying that, and, that, like, he keeps saying really weird things that I wouldn't, like, associate with being a geek. He's like, maybe he'll go and kiss a really attractive woman, the geek. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> Jimmy Hart probably drives a Lamborghini, the geek. Maybe he'll casually smoke marijuana with a number of his friends on the weekend, <laughs> the geek. I heard uh, on the weekend uh, Jimmy <laughs> Jimmy Hart was at the Monaco Grand Prix hanging out with three <laughs> supermodels, the geek. geek. The, uh, <laughs> the thing that I hated about the end of this was that Jimmy Hart gave Lex Luger this enormous cuddle. And all I could think of was that, like, Jimmy Hart's wearing full clothes. He's not wrestled. And, like, Lex Luger's pretty sweaty and gross and oily. <laughs> I'm like, oh, if he just hadn't have done that, like, he wouldn't have had to have a shower. Like, I don't know if Jimmy Hart gets around exactly in those clothes that he's wearing. <laughs> I think I think these days he does. It's become that yeah. thing of, like... You know, like, you uh, you never see the edge without a beanie on now. Because <laughs> it's just like, well, how would people know that I'm the edge if I wasn't wearing some sort of hat? You know, Jimmy Hart is 100% one of those old wrestlers that you see in full gimmick, except for the fact that they're wearing New Balance runners. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, ugh. Yeah, 100%. Something's off here. Hmm. Yeah, well, I can't. I can't get my feet into cowboy boots anymore. They just, they just don't <laughs> offer the support that I need at my age. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, Sting comes down. He genuinely cracks the shits here. Yes, because he, well, saw, Lex he saw Lex pretends Luger. to to chase Jimmy Hart off, and <laughs> yeah, Sting's like, "Oh, you're not going to fool me quite this quickly." I actually love that where Lex was like. And then he goes over and raises Renegade's hand and stuff. It's like, what, what, what? Look, look, Renegade's the winner. Like, Will that make you happy? He's like a, <laughs> he's like a dude who's come home at three o'clock in the morning and his girlfriend is really angry with him and has every right to be. And he's just trying everything in his very limited bag of tricks to get out of this <laughs> argument. <laughs> and then again, Sting just runs off, right? 
Yeah. It's it's bizarre. Sting's not committing here. I I look, I'm not saying this is great, but what I do like is that this storyline that was has been going on for what, like two months, maybe even three. Of like Lex and Sting and blah 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 and hmm. Sting can't trust trust Lex blah, blah blah. It seems like it's actually moving towards a conclusion. So I'll give God, I I'll, hope so. I'll give uh, Taskmaster and Eric a thumbs up for that. The only thing is, yes. Anyway, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. And what were you going to say? I just I have a memory that Lex Luger is involved at, as being Sting's friend. As Sting turns into the crow, and oh, that's happening in months. Yeah. But isn't doesn't Sting disappear for a while? Yeah, because no one trusts him, and I think Lex doesn't trust him. But I can't be sure. Anyway, we'll find that out as we yeah, go. Yeah, we will find out. Uh, next up, we've got the Road Warriors versus Harlem Heat in a number one contenders match, which is announced halfway through the match. That's something new I haven't seen before. Um, surely you'd want to tell people it's a number one contenders match before the match so people watch it, but Eric's a genius, you know. He's just got to, <laughs> he's just got to go with him. Yeah. Uh, on paper, this looks like a classic. What did you think of this one? Uh, look, it was, it was fine. Like, Stevie Ray's not very good in the ring. The Road Warriors aren't very good in the ring. But, like, you know, for what it was, it was... I thought it was all right. What did you think? Um, I want to bring the insult sucker back. Can I do that as a white man? Or is that a intrinsically African-American insult? I, uh, yeah, look, I, I probably wouldn't. <laughs> just walking around Melbourne, just calling people sucker. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I just think you would get hurt. Like- yeah, I think I, I, I probably like, I, would. I don't think it's even a racial thing. I just think if you call someone sucker, they're going to be like, "Fuck you!" I don't <laughs> know you. you. <laughs> you stupid jumbling and glasses. <laughs> just get punched in my face. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I yeah, I, I I feel pretty much exactly the same. Oh, Nana update. Uh, so mm. halfway through this match, she's back. So she's taken the advice of the cop and sat back down in her seat, but she's back up again for this match. And she does not like Harlem Heat, and I've got a really bad feeling as to why. Um, and uh, she starts having a back and forth with Booker T and flips him the bird. <laughs> if anyone Fantastic. who's listening to the podcast knows who this woman is or she was your nana or something, please get in contact with us because she might be one of the most uh, fun audience members I've ever seen at a wrestling show in my life. Yeah, get come on. Someone's got to know this woman. Someone has to know who this woman is. Um, the Road Warriors cheat to win this match, and I was actually genuinely pissed off on behalf of the Harlem Heat. Not only have they had to put up with uh, Psycho Nana, they've been cheated by the Road Warriors, who were the faces in this story. Yeah, this is a this is a constant WCW problem where both the faces and the heels cheat. Yeah. Yeah, but in this situation, Harlem Heat are just like these innocent bystanders who get fucked over, <laughs> you know? Like, Anyway, I like Harlem Heat. I want them to win. I want them to be more yeah, involved. Like, I mean, look, the other channel has uh, 
you know, Lance Storm, but like an inch taller as their champion. And it's like, you know, real down in the doldrums. But at least Bret Hart wouldn't cheat to win. As he's made very, very clear consistently for 30 years. No, there's only only one man on the roster at WWF at that point who would actually cheat to win a championship. So, like in real life, not kayfabe. So... Ooh, are you, are you upset about the Montreal school job still? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brett didn't screw Brett. Been screwed Brett. We all know that. I just think Brett Hart's just like a shitter landstorm. <laughs> You're fucking... This is back now, is it? You'd put it away for four or five weeks and now it's back. <laughs> Pulled it back out. <laughs> well, you know, the people love it. Um, next up, we've got uh, the booty man, Hulk and Macho. I like that you just gave them their correct uh, their correct billings with the booty man up top. As far as I'm concerned, booty man's the number one talent in this match <laughs> uh, versus Arn, Ric Flair, and the Taskmaster. A fair kind of. I'd be interested to see what you think, and then then I'll I'll have a crack at this match. Well, I have one question for you. Like this match was not very good. Um, in short, in my opinion, hmm. um. It went for a very long time and was kind of bizarre and boring. Um, but I noticed something that I thought might have upset you on a, like, primal level, which is mm. Hulk, Randy, and the Booty Man, uh, who Eric does explain that he doesn't love kicking asses. He loves shaking his booty. That is why he's, that's why he's the Booty Man. He's a fun guy. He just loves fun. The the butt-focused man. Um <laughs> were all wearing yellow or bits of yellow. Yeah. And Arn Anderson was wearing black. Kevin Sullivan was wearing yellow and Ric Flair was wearing purple. And -hmm. I feel like Kevin Sullivan's get up must have like, there must be something in you where you're like, you're a heel. You can't wear Hulk Hogan. I did notice that. Isn't that to do with him still trying to steal Hulk Hogan's power or something? Isn't there like some dungeon of doom? Reasoning I mean, for that, that like Hulk wears- Hogan's power is about half the pop of the Road Warriors, so I would like, I'd be considering stealing Road Warrior animals' power. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, I, I didn't think this match was great, but what I did enjoy about it was the ending. It's a, it's a clean finish. The good guys yep. win. All right, cool, whatever. Like Hulk doesn't do any of his bullshit posing. Elizabeth is actually useful for the bad mm. guys and handcuffs very poorly. Oh, Hand, God. Uh, Hulk Hogan <laughs> to the ring. <laughs> so, they use That took the, seven minutes, right? I wasn't timing it, but it felt like it took us seven minutes to a, get those handcuffs on Hulk, right? They use a camera angle that shows Hulk Hogan moving his sweatbands, <laughs> helping her get- the, And Eric Bischoff's yeah. like, oh- He's struggling. He's struggling. And I'm like, Hulk Hogan has never, like, he is actively putting those hands. Well, Miss Elizabeth didn't handcuff him. Hulk Hogan was like, I can't be fucked dealing with, like, helping these other people. I'm going to handcuff myself to this. <laughs> That's the gay Fabex explanation for it. He could not um, be arrested. His wrists are too big for handcuffs. Yeah, they are. They are. Hey, um, Kimberly came out during this match. Do you want the spoiler? It's a good one. Uh, no. Well, we're we going to get the answer soon. Oh, we're going to get the answer. Okay. Well, then no. But she did okay. like nothing else happened besides her coming out, right? 
I don't know why she'd fucking bother. She got six point six million bucks in nineteen ninety six. Like, buy property, Kimberly. Yeah, buy. Invest- you could buy a few in yeah. nineteen ninety six. Buy buy like a real nice car or a couple, and like like keep one, you know, in perfect condition. Um, go traveling. You could used to be able to travel. Remember that? Mm. Like, go mm. see Europe. Go see the pyramids. Go, um, you know, go to Amsterdam. Go to go to China. Yeah, I have a trip to Japan just sitting there waiting. Like, as soon as we're all good to go, I can go to Japan. <laughs> I just want to go so bad. As uh, as with many wrestling fans, you're 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 going to the east. That's the mm, yeah, the Orient, the to- mystical <laughs> Orient. <laughs> to to to, yeah, you're you're going to go to New Japan, right? Yeah, yeah. That what was about all that, ja- What about old Japan? Japan? No, I'm giving that a miss. <laughs> <laughs> um. So when Kimberly, I just point this out because when Kimberly comes out, Mongo for the literally for the fourth time, and I might keep a counter of this from now on. The fourth time since we started the podcast, quotes the "Where's the beef?" ad, which we've. <laughs> Like we have spoken about in the past that we don't know this ad. We only know this ad. I mean, we never saw it in Australia. We only know this ad through popular culture. Yeah. Uh, There's a Simpsons reference to it. Yeah, which is how we know it. But we also know it now because Mongo quotes it every second week. Um, And she also, like he says that Kimberly's out there uh, looking for a piece of beef. Uh, And there's six pieces at ringside. Now, Eric tries to justify it by, or does Bobby, they start talking about how people go, how women go out looking for beef. Well, Eric is like, yeah, yeah, I mean, she'd be into that. And then Bobby kind of dismisses it, like the true professional that he is. And it's like, Mm. well, you know, women are always looking for men to uh, put their arm around or something like that (laughs) or put their arm on. or It was something very old fashioned, like. Linking arm in arm. And I was like, no, oh, Bobby, you're a sweet old man. Um, <laughs> but like, I don't want to get into the weeds here, but Kimberly is very attractive. And the six wrestlers at yes. ring are not. I just wanted no. to point that out. There's no way that Kimberly would be into any of those guys. At all. Well, people make weird and bizarre decisions um, when it comes to dating. Um, Kimberly's going to later her uh, theme song is going to be, is she really going out with him? Uh, (laughs) Well, it's, I mean, it's kind of a stretch that like, I mean, Diamond Dollars Page is better, is a better choice. I mean, I'm not talking kayfabe anymore. I'm talking about real life. Like Diamond Dollars Page is a better, like not now, but at the time is a better looking dude, I think, than the six people at that ring. I mean, she's not going after Kevin Sullivan for a start, right? Like, we can cross him off the list. He's a weird-looking little troll man. But he's married- At this point, he is married to woman. Yeah, I know. Who is just as good-looking as Kimberly Page. Uh, I don't know about that. Well, let's not have that argument on this podcast. I don't don't know about that. We've already got you ranking the attractiveness of the WCW's (laughs) top male stars. What? What's wrong with that? There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Continue. <laughs> so, anyway, in conclusion, the best looking guy. <laughs> Hulk Hogan um, looks like a hot dog with hair. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying that these guys, these six guys, are like 50-year-old fucking hot dog men. 
You know what I mean? And poor Kimberly has to come down the, you know, the ramp and be like, oh, oh, my God, my heart's a flutter. It's so much beef. And I don't believe it. Like, I'm not is I'm Eric, not going with it. Is Eric Bischoff the most attractive man on Nitro? I think he is. <laughs> I think he is. Sting's right. not unattractive. Well, it depends what you're into. So I think Sting's a, a pretty good-looking guy. Um I could see women being into Buff Bugwell and whatever the other American male. Scotty Reeves. They've got that male stripper oh, thing book, about Booker them. Booker T's a very good looking guy. Yeah, Booker T's a good looking dude. He's still a pretty good looking guy for someone who's in, what, he'd been in his 60s now? Yeah, Booker, if you're listening, uh, send us a tweet. Let he's us know your age. not on Twitter anymore. He's on Parlour. Oh, seriously? I <laughs> know. I just I, I made that up. I know Kane's on Parlour. Wow, that's what a what a terrible surprise. The- <laughs> <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Enjoy your free speech, Kane. You big stupid idiot. <laughs> you fucking big red idiot. His job was to get dropped on his head, and he pretended to be a demon from hell, mm. like. I'm sorry, but if you're if you're seriously like, you know what, that cane has some stuff to say, you're wrong. I heard someone read- I think it was Jericho talking about how intelligent and stuff he was. Yeah, um, it says Jericho. Which, which, he, which he may be. <laughs> Jericho TV has written out- more books than he's read. Yeah, that's, that's probably true. His books are very entertaining, though. Yeah. I mean, everything Jericho does is very entertaining. <laughs> Yeah, except for, like, when he does weird conspiracy shit on his podcast. Other than that, he's the best. Just just when you start to get to a point with Jericho where you're like, you're, you're cool, he just pulls another thing out of his bag. He's like, oh, Chris, man. Yeah. You know how many times I've been so- You know how many times I've literally had the list of Jericho over the top of my big green wheelie bin and then have decided, <laughs> no, you've given me too many happy moments over my life. I can't throw away your shit. <laughs> Eric says, "See you in two weeks at the end of this match." Oh, after Hulk Hogan got the win from the atomic uh, from the atomic leg drop, they're off for a week. Yeah, we're just going to keep going, right? Yeah, well, you know, you can't stop a freight train and our momentum. <laughs> what what is it that that Lisa Lisa? We've had a lot of Simpsons references. This, you know, Mister Burns, your political thing is like a freight train that has the momentum of a freight train. How did you become so popular? Um, that's us right now. Um, all right, ratings. Oh uh, yeah, what's on the other channel? The uh, well, oh, do you want ratings or other channel first? We'll go other channel first. R- ratings, ratings. Uh, yeah. Nitro, Nitro just edged out Raw, so it's three point one to three point two. So Raw yeah, won last is, week. Doesn't get Nitro's, any closer than that. Nitro's just edged them out this week. Uh, and what they had was Jake Roberts defeated Isaac Yankum DDS. Diesel defeated Bob Holly. Yeah. Ahmed Johnson defeated Shinobi. Shinobi, the Sega, <laughs> the Sega Samurai uh, Ninja. So game. Shinobi becomes a middle band champion, mid card champion. Uh, I'm going to see if you can guess. He starts in. He starts his career in WWF. Gets mm-hmm. fired. Uh, goes to ECW with a different name, uh, then comes back to WWF for ages, uh, goes to TNA for a while, 
Uh, I think he he either works backstage at TNA or um, WWE now. He's a he's a, a well known name from ECW onwards in the Attitude Era. Mid card staple. Mid card staple from ECW. Yep, but had been in WWF for five or six years before that. Uh, is he like a high flying guy or like a? No. Hmm. Uh, works backstage now. He was part of the New Rockers with Marty Jannetty. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, uh, is it fucking Road Dog? No, no. What does uh, everybody want? Ah, uh, it's El uh, El Snow. It's El Snow. He is oh, the Mask yeah. Ninja Shinobi, uh, <laughs> and he de- he's defeated quite comfortably by Ahmed Johnson and uh, Yoko. Yokozuna defeated Owen Hart and Davy Boy Smith at the same time. At the same time, it's unbelievable. Well <laughs> done, Yokozuna. Um, what are you watching? Uh, I'm watching Nitro. That last match, I'm kind of into Suna versus Davy Boy Smith and Owen Hart, mm. but because um, I'm Team Hart all the way, Hart Foundation. But well, I'm, um, I, Owen is cool. Owen isn't, you know. Personality-less. Just quickly, Davy Boy Smith Jr. is like a free agent. Meh. Is he good? I think he's kind of the same as his dad. I sort of remember him from the very, very grim era of WWE. So uh, anyway, we'll see where he where he winds up. I'm I'm more excited about Dalton Castle. Yeah, this is probably more for our AEW show than it is for yeah. Our let's, WCW let's, show. Hold, let's let's hold off. All right. <laughs> uh, but that's uh, that's everything, right? That's it. Cool. Uh, thank you for listening, guys. Uh, rating and reviewing is the best way that you can help us, and you've been doing that, but there's always more to be done. Tell your friends. Uh, share it around on social medias. We are WrestleWolfPod on pretty much all the social medias. Um, our website is WrestleWolf.com, surprisingly. Um, but until next week, Pepe is dead, brother friends. And so is the old woman from the Where the Beef Where's the Beef ad? Oh.